Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I just wanted to get a couple of clips um, out of the States, because down in the States, riots in Atlanta burned down a Wendy's because of another police shooting down there. And it did cause some major shifts. So here's a bit of a, this is graphic. I want to give you a heads up, but it'll give you a, a little bit of an idea how fast things happen because there was body camera audio that was released. Uh, this is a report from the Associated Press and Julie Walker of how it sort of sounded. It was at a Wendy's drive through Friday night where police say Rashard Brooks was asleep in his car, drunk, and it was caught on body cam, including Officer Garrett Rolfs. I just had a, a few drinks, that's it. I think you've had too much to drink to be driving, so put your hands behind your back for me. From there, it all goes sideways fast. Ending with police killing Brooks, the next day his family's lawyer calls for Rolf to be charged with murder, and police chief Erica Shields steps down. Mayor Keisha Bottoms. I do not believe that this was a justified use of deadly force. Then Saturday night, protesters torched the Wendy's where it all began. I'm Julie Walker. So that did, that was the police chief that stepped down, saying that they believed in in this uh, police department becoming, um, you know, true to what it needs to be. If you've never taken time to listen to the Atlanta mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, she is a remarkable speaker. If you want to talk about a human being with a future, uh, whether it's motivating humans or in politics and being, you know, public service leadership, I don't know. But boy, oh boy, she's amazing to listen to. I get connected to Atlanta because one of my best friends lives just outside Atlanta in Cumming, Georgia. It's like a suburb, so it's basically Atlanta. And um, this is what the mayor had to say down there. While we have a police force full of men and women who work alongside our communities with honor, respect, and dignity, there has been a disconnect with what our expectations are and should be as it relates to interactions with our officers and the communities in which they are entrusted to protect. Now, I want to be clear that um, I'm a big fan of so many of the great things that police and RCMP do. I really do. There are clearly problems. And I bring up Atlanta because that story is big over the course of the weekend this weekend. We have different police structures. We have different government structures. We're completely different people, I believe, uh, than the American culture is here in Canada. But there are some patterns that are very clear as information gets shared, tactics get shared. You know, th this is not like it's an isolated community. Policing works together in so many different ways. And that's where we're going to start the program today is learning a little bit about some of the things that go on. So there are obviously incidents where things do not go right, like that audio. You could hear how fast things go, which, by the way, the, the, the nuts and bolts of that was the guy who was asleep drunk in the car was going to get arrested for being in the car, and he grabbed the police officer's taser, which is one thing. The second thing was is that he didn't let go of the taser. So you would think that, you know, self-preservation would have been a, a thing there. Well, the, the catch for me in that is that so many times police have gone into court and said, use of a taser is not deadly force. So th they've argued both sides. And that's why that's going sideways is because of the fact that you can't, they're saying, you know, critics are saying that you can't argue that tasers are not going to kill people and you can use them and then shoot a guy for having a taser. I don't know. It's up to you. You get to decide that part. Our first guest is Ian Scott. He's former head of the Special Investigations Unit, Ontario's independent agency for investigating police officers. So if you want to know some perspective 
on what this looks like when things go wrong. What a great place to start. Hi, Ian. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, it is very difficult times now. Are we in a place, Ian, where we are seeing more occurrences or just more public exposure of occurrences when things go wrong with the police? Well, that's that's hard to uh, quantify, but I, I would say the most material change is the use of media, social media and uh, police-related media, body, perhaps body cams. You haven't seen much of that, but we've certainly seen... Uh, car cams, like, for example, the situation in Alberta. And uh, this brings into stark relief some of the issues, which may have always been underlying, but now are they can be dissected, uh, you know, in a rather microscopic way. So there has been a material change, but I'm not sure if the numbers have changed. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to decide that because we, we just didn't know what was going on before. Yeah. Well, I mean... Learning is always good, and I really try to be positive in this, Ian. I really try to say, okay, so if this is not new, and if this has been going on for a long time, and depending on who you speak to, they will speak to that their perspective of that differently. I guess it would be sure reassuring to think, okay, um, let's hope that we're finally sort of at a bit of a a bit of a crossroads, turning a corner, if you will. Add whatever cliche you like into looking at um, things being better. So your background as a special investigations unit, uh, help us understand, did you investigate people? Did you investigate departments? How does that work? Um, well, the, the SIU in Ontario started in 1990. Um, its mandate is solely criminal, and it looked into cases where on-duty police officers were involved in death, serious injury, or sexual assault allegations. So that's and this this issue of um, independent um, agencies like the SIU do vary from province to province with slightly different mandates and slightly different setups. But the one in Ontario is by far the sort of grandfather of the whole system. I believe the next one that was set up was in Alberta in 2007 called ACERT, uh, Alberta Series Incident Response Team. So response team. So you know uh, Ontario has not only the longest uh, sort of legacy in this area, but it also has the largest population base and probably as a result uh, has had more cases come to its attention than anywhere else in, in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. Is that just a sheer numbers thing where, you know, there's just more people, more cops, more things going on? Uh, well, you know, these, once again, it's kind of hard to break it down on a, per, on a uh, per capita basis because these are hard stats to get hold of. I mean, there tends to be more interaction in larger urban areas than perhaps elsewhere. But on the other hand, um, Ontario doesn't have some of the First Nations issues that arise in the Prairie Provinces. So, right. you know, I think we have to look at uh, at the provinces sort of individually uh, to determine these particular issues. Yeah. Uh, some stats just to throw out there for the sake of context here, because we don't really know, just like Ian said, but there are stats about population base and stats about how things happen. The Ontario Human Rights Commission has found that a black person in Toronto is 20 times more likely than a white person to be shot and killed by police based on stats. And by sort of general population stats, a black person is about 8% of Toronto's population. So clearly those numbers don't align and something that needs to be approached for sure. So this this case out of Atlanta where there's a police officer, uh, the shooting happened, Ian, is that what the special investigations unit would yeah. go in is just research a specific case like that? We've had another one in New Brunswick. There was another shooting. Yeah. So one-off, this is a one-off thing. What happened? Is that the question? Yes, it is. I mean, the, the focus is a criminal investigation. 
and to determine whether or not criminal charges ought to be laid against a police officer. So it's not looking at systemic issues. It's not looking at disciplinary issues. Um, it's solely looking at the issue of criminality and whether the individual um, ought to face a trial. Is there, um, is there confidentiality because it's a criminal case that you can't take that and apply it and share that information you know, to other investigators to be able to find patterns? Is, is there a limit there? Um, no, that's a very good question, actually. Um, uh, no, not necessarily. I know when I was at the SIU, uh, the Ontario Police College used to go through the stats of driving cases that led to uh, death and injury on a irregular basis to determine whether there's a pattern and perhaps to feed that back into their policies and procedures. I was a big fan of that. I mean, I'm of the view that, uh, particularly the SIU, has been around now for 30 years, has a massive uh, statistical base, which is not being uh, fully exploited to try to resolve some of these issues before they actually happen. Hmm. But I leave that up to the criminologists. I mean, I'm, I'm a lawyer, and uh, when I was at the SIU, an investigator. But this, this requires, you know, really the academics to get involved. It has happened. Scott Wortley did an uh, interesting study uh, associated with the Ipperwash inquiry on uh, the use of force with respect to um, First Nations and I believe black individuals in Ontario. Well, this would have been a while ago. And, you know, there's, there's no reason why these stats couldn't be looked at again. I mean, you know, what happens is the, uh, the academics can come in and sign confidentiality agreements and look at the data for the purpose of the sort of macro view as opposed to uh, the particular names of the individuals involved. Ian Scott is our guest right now, former head of Special Investigations Unit, Ontario's independent agency for investigating police officers. Now, police officers, Ian, is the key word there because you didn't do police departments. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. I mean, that's more of a systemic issue as opposed to what all, you know, the agencies across Canada, the provinces that have them, they're pretty much the same in the sense that if you're going to set up a an agency to look at, you know, the very serious matter, the most serious of all matters, death, serious injury, um, and, and the uh, these agencies vary a little bit from province to province, but the real motivating force is when there is a very controversial death at the hands of the police, and how do we as a society respond to it? And uh, what we see, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a pattern that you can see across Canada. Um, the SIU started because of some controversial deaths of young black males in the late 80s in Ontario. Um, in British Columbia, we saw a pattern that came out of uh, a couple of royal inquiries. One, uh, an individual named Paul, an uh, indigenous individual, right, as I understand it, died of hypothermia outside of Vancouver uh, police station after being um, arrested. And, of course, the, the, the notorious Drutansky case, um, which led to another uh, royal inquiry by a judge named Braidwood, and you see this pattern over and over again in, in, in across uh, Canada. The same thing happened in Manitoba with an inquiry called the Taman Inquiry involving the death of Miss Taman after a police officer who was very, very drunk uh, hit her car when she was on her way to work in a botched investigation. Quebec was an uh, uh, individual named Villanueva, and I can go on. Yeah. So what happens is, is that you know, uh, this, the, the government feels a need to respond in those situations and inevitably, they have an inquiry of some kind, usually led by a judge or a retired judge, and they make a series of recommendations. And the recommendations have pretty much uniformly be, look, we need somebody to look at this independent of the police. 
And out of that, it takes a long time. It may, may take years before legislation gets drafted and actually put into effect. But eventually, it comes about. And um, what we see then are things like the SIU in, in British Columbia, the Independent um, Investigative Office, Alberta, ACER, uh, Alberta Serious Incident Response Team. And they all got like nifty acronyms and what have you. And I can go across the, the country and, and give them all to you for the provinces that have them. There are still provinces that don't have these agencies. Um, that seems like a problem. We, we just saw two regrettable incidents in, in New Brunswick involving uh, shootings. And um, in that case, New Brunswick had to call in the uh, Quebec agency, the Bureau des Enquêtes Independents, uh, to do the investigation because they don't have one for that province. Um, surprisingly, between here and uh, British Columbia, Ontario and British Columbia, the only province that doesn't have an agency of one kind of, of, like this is um, Saskatchewan. Hmm. Manitoba does. Well, Saskatchewan had problems, too, with the police officers and dropping people off. I mean, that was an ongoing investigation, I think, at one point, too. You're actually right about that. That led to an inquiry called the Stonechild Invest- uh, Inquiry by yet another judge. Um, but out of that, and this happened quite a while ago, it doesn't seem to have led to the significant, significant enough motivation yeah. For them well, to have an agency uh, similar to, say, the SIU. Well, this so seems like a cause and effect issue to me, Ian, that we seem to always talk about the impact of this, right? Like, we talk about the outcome. We never talk about the causes behind it. I mean, it's great that things get investigated after they happen, but it seems sure. like that information doesn't get translated back to why they happen. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a complex issue, uh, why these issues of serious injury and death happen. And, and really, that to some degree is was not my focus when I was at the SIU and since I've left and done some writing in this area. My interest is really more how as we how are we as a society going to respond when this happens. And, the, you know, I think obviously in an ideal world, there never would be an unjustified shooting. In fact, there would never be a shooting yeah. involving a police officer. There would never be serious injury. But we don't live in an ideal world. And the reality is we give police uh, firearms and we as a society have delegated this authority to enforce the law to the police. And they're going to be involved, whether we like it or not, in situations where there's, it's going to lead to non-consensual um, interactions with the public that are going to lead to injury and death. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, this is not going away, this issue. Yeah, well, you said and that the... In um... fact, if anything, it's going to get more highlighted as time goes on, whether the police like it or not, and whether or not they wear body cams, because it's going to be videotaped. Yeah, well, that's the thing that uh, that I was. You just beat me to it. You're so good. Um, the, <laughs> the that was you said. Well, how is society going to react? And we've only got 30 seconds here, Ian. But is society the best way? The first step of how society reacts is the the body cams on police. Is that the first step? No, it's very important. It's a very important step. It's one of many. Yeah. But it it certainly would help in terms of getting information that would help us understand what happened during these interactions. Wonderful. And, I mean. In my view, not only would it help uh, investigative bodies, but it could help the police in unfair allegations against them. Oh, absolutely. It protects everybody. It's, you know, I mean, having a cam in your car, too. I mean, it protects everybody else as much as it protects you, too, which is great. And also, it puts a little bit of integrity back into it. Ian Scott, uh, former head of the Special Investigations Unit, Ontario's Independent Agency for investi- Investigating Police Officers, writing as well. We're just out of time. Ian, I could talk about this all day. Thank you so much. Well, another day. Yeah, we will. Actually, that's a great idea. Let's reconnect and we will continue with this because I hope the conversation stays at the forefront. You have a great Sunday, Ian. Thank you. Same to you, Take care. If you want to hear more, 
Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 